0: 100 years ago in 1920 the 19th amendment to the constitution of the united states was signed into law and officially granted 20 million american women the right to vote this mass expansion in voting rights was the result of generations of intense activism known as the women's suffrage movement that has had a lasting legacy on the continued fight for equality in america in recognition of the struggles and achievements of a once disenfranchised majority Preservation Maryland is honored to present our contribution to the national efforts illuminating this important history, Ballot and Beyond. Hello,
1: I'm Diana Bailey, Executive Director of the Maryland Women's Heritage Center. We're thrilled to partner with Preservation Maryland by expanding the Ballot and Beyond podcast project with stories of valiant Maryland women who work for suffrage. In addition to featuring suffragists, Several of these new podcasts also represent significant women whose historic contributions and achievements have led to their induction into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame. Our mission at the Maryland Women's Heritage Center is to add her story to history to tell our story in all aspects of our lives. We are especially concerned with representing the critical intersectionality of race and gender in the history of the suffrage movement. As new documentation comes to light, we are sharing the important contributions of African Americans and many other diverse women and men who sought equality, inclusion, and justice for all. Enjoy the podcast and continue to share their stories.
2: Edna Story Latimer, written and read by Judy Carbone, President of AAUW Garrett County Branch. Edna Story Latimer was born in Baltimore, Maryland, in 1878. She was a staunch suffragist, involved in campaigning against President Wilson and national anti-suffrage candidates, as well as one of the organizers of the Maryland Just Government League. Edna was proud of the work of Maryland suffragists, to be visible throughout the state at major community events. One of the activities that influenced her later work was welcoming General Rosalie Jones and her suffrage pilgrims to Maryland during their hike from New York to Washington DC for the 1913 Women's Suffrage Procession. Two years later, Edna and other Maryland suffragists organized their own suffrage hikers on several pilgrimages throughout Maryland in a horse-drawn covered wagon adorned with Votes for Women flags. She came to be called General Latimer for her role in leading the hikes. Just before noon, on June 13, 1914, General Latimer led a small but determined contingent of pilgrims marching from the Baltimore headquarters of the Just Government League to Camden Station, where they boarded a train to Cumberland, Maryland. Upon arriving, they immediately walked to Frostburg to hold their first mass meeting of the pilgrimage. After meetings in Lonniconing and Cumberland, early on June 16th, they left Frostburg with knapsacks, banners, bugle, and drum to begin a 13-day campaign throughout Garrett County. General Latimer marched at the forefront, carrying a suffrage banner. Several members of the local chapter of the Just Government League acted as guides over the mountains to Grantsville, 12 miles to the west, where they rested for the night. Their 125-mile itinerary was planned by seasoned professional organizer Lola Trax, who limited daily marches to 15 miles. The hikers' plan was to walk easily and stop frequently, to talk to the farmer folks, as the hikers called them, who would not go to a suffrage meeting. After Grantsville, they hiked to Biddinger, then Accident, Friendsville, Sangrun, McHenry, Oakland, Hutton, Krellin, Mountain Lake Park, Deer Park, Swanton, Kitzmiller, and Bloomington. They spoke with citizens along the way and held a total of 21 public meetings at their various stopping places. The hikers were very grateful for the hospitality afforded by the citizens of Garrett County, while the farmer folk spoke highly of the cheerful, good-natured, and hopeful ladies who visited their neighborhoods. Their march ended in Cumberland on Sunday, June 28th, and the local press took note of their sunburns and sore feet. Nevertheless, they planned a similar hike through Allegheny County to start on August 1st of that year. General Latimer reported that their meetings attracted a total attendance of 6,102 citizens. They distributed 6,660 pamphlets and sold 303 copies of the Suffrage News, along with 100 postcards depicting the hikers. 820 new members were enrolled in the Just Government League, including four women who expressed interest in joining the local board and creating an organization in their own neighborhoods. All this was accomplished at a cost of $130. The Oakland Republican newspaper reported that, quote, In the history of suffrage work in Maryland, the Garrett County hike breaks all records for cheapness and practical results, end quote. Further evidence of the campaign's success appears in the backlash it created among opponents of suffrage. By mid-July 1914, the Maryland Association opposed to women's suffrage had received a barrage of letters from Garrett County asking for help to counteract the hikers invading the county and arousing the populace in favor of women's right to vote. Anti-suffrage literature was quickly dispatched from Baltimore and opposition meetings were planned for Oakland and Mountain Lake Park. Clearly feeling threatened by the Just Government League's success in recruiting 820 new members, the Anties took solace in what they perceived as a potential numerical advantage among the 20,000 citizens of Garrett County. General Latimer wrote an article for the Suffrage News about her hikes through western Maryland. In it, she said, quote, Why do you hike is a question I was often asked. This form of reaching the people in every part of the state has become very popular with suffragists ever since Rosalie Jones took her first memorable trip. It brings us in such close touch with individuals, stopping as we do along the road to give literature to the farmers and their wives and, wherever there is a small settlement, urging the inhabitants to gather in a convenient place and listen to the gospel of votes for women, end quote. Later that year, in September 1914, General Latimer left Washington, D.C. as an organizer for the Congressional Union for Women's Suffrage, appointed by Alice Paul, and traveled to Kansas City, Kansas. During her first week in Kansas City, she campaigned against Democratic congressional candidates and shared a podium with Teddy Roosevelt at a rally of 3,000 people. The next year, the Congressional Union for Women's Suffrage sent General Latimer and other organizers into all states to plan conventions and establish state branches, despite objections from the National American Women's Suffrage Association. Fighting for women's suffrage was a tiring endeavor. In February 1917, Edna left her home in Baltimore to visit her son Alfred, who worked on a ranch in Arizona. After visiting Alfred, she decided to continue westward. She told friends that she wanted to settle in a state that allowed women to vote, and Edna decided on California. After years of fighting the fight, she never got to see the 19th Amendment passed. Edna Latimer passed away suddenly in May 1917 after sustaining severe burns when her San Francisco hotel
1: caught fire. Thank you to our many Maryland's Heritage Center volunteers who researched, edited, and brought these stories to the community by reading these podcasts. Researchers and historians are always seeking information about women and their stories. Our efforts to find and document their contributions is ongoing. If you have letters, articles, memorabilia from your past or in your attic or basement, please share with us so that we can continue to fill in the unsung heroine stories for a richer understanding of Maryland women and their contributions to our history.
0: To donate materials or to make a financial gift in support of this work, please visit ballotandbeyond.org. When you're there, you can also listen to biographies from season one and see historic images and transcripts from each episode. If you're inspired by these remarkable women, please share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and students. And rate us on Apple Podcasts or head over to PreserveCast.org to make a donation. Thank you. Ballot and Beyond is a multimedia history project powered by Preservation Maryland and our award-winning podcast, PreserveCast. It's produced with financial support from Gallagher, Evelius, and Jones, attorneys at law, and the Maryland Historical Trust. With a Heritage Fund grant from Preservation Maryland and the Maryland Historical Trust, Season two was research, written, and read by the Maryland Women's Heritage Center.